0: Good morning, how are you guys? I find it a really great sign when I walk on stage and I see a broken pick. Also, I'm completely out of breath before I even start teaching. That worship was off the hook and there is nothing like the joy of the Lord, right? So Jesus, we invite your joy this morning. Would you just continue to pour out on us? Um, We are starting a new series this week, not entirely sure how long it will go, but we'll just see what the Lord does. It is going to be called Endgame, And so we are talking about something. I expect some loud cheers when I say this. All right, guys, we are gonna be the opposite of afraid. We are victorious. We are gonna be talking about end times. Yeah. I don't know about you. I know for me, there have been seasons of life and different times where you're kind of like, ooh, End times. Okay, that's pretty overwhelming. Don't know that I understand it, so I just won't read Revelation. Um, Anybody been there? I don't know, maybe it's just me. But sometimes it feels overwhelming and intimidating. And so our goal in this series is not to overwhelm you, it's not to intimidate you. This is the good news of Jesus, because he actually told us these things in advance so that we would be prepared. We have an advantage, amen? He wants us to be ready for his coming. And that makes me excited because I just think about how powerful we are and will be against the enemy and his schemes as we see all of these things unfold. So when we cover this, we actually, at this time at least, will not be going through Revelation. What we're going to do, we felt the Lord lead us to go through the parables to walk through kingdom principles that he's given us to apply as we are in the end times. Now, are we in the end times? That is a question that a lot of people ask. I can't answer that for you, but I can read you this. Romans thirteen eleven, And do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of your sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. So we know, that even if we don't have an exact date and time, we are closer now than when these words were written thousands of years ago, right? We can't escape that and that's okay because Jesus is so kind and loving that he would give us the signs to look for and help equip us to live through them, okay? We're gonna start today with Matthew 24. There is so much, I encourage you to go read this chapter because there's so much packed in there that I can't possibly cover all of it today. But we're gonna start in 24 and talk through the things that he has said. Verse 25, I've told you beforehand. I'm giving you the advantage. So parables are always letters in red. (laughs) If you've been in church for a while, right, you know that the words of Jesus are in red. And a lot of times we're like, yeah, a lot of those words are confusing, so I'm just gonna kind of glaze over that. Well, today we're not. We're gonna go practically through it, and we're gonna start in verse two of Matthew chapter 24. Jesus says, do you not see? So he starts out talking to the disciples, he's about to launch into this whole thing, and he's like, Do you not see? When we read that, he's not trying to embarrass them. This is so key that we understand this. Jesus is actually trying to invite the disciples and to invite us to see things from his perspective. Every parable that we read as we dive into this, it's a constant invitation from the Lord to see from his perspective and to understand what he's laid out. In a lot of them, he'll say, do you not understand? Do you not see, do you not understand? Are you willing to accept the invitation of Jesus today? Lord, open our eyes. We wanna receive the invitation to see things the way that you see. So verse three begins a question now from the disciples. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Verse 4. Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all of the world as a witness to all of the nations, and the end will come. That's a lot. That's a lot for us to take in. But I want you to catch this. He who endures to the end shall be saved. We can get caught up in all of these words and things that will happen and we become so overwhelmed. And he says, my promise to you is that if you will endure, if you will do things my way, I will save you. His promise is eternal life. It is not temporary, it is not fleeting, it is forever. And we cling to that hope and that joy today. This series in and of itself is not something to scare you. It is to encourage you to press into Jesus, the one who is hope. And when we see this, we read about things happening. Our world needs hope, does it not? So in Matthew 24, it starts to line signs of things that we're looking for, and then immediately in 25, gives us those keys on how to endure. So we're gonna kind of cover both of those things this morning, so go with me here. First, what are we looking for? There are many realms that we have all of these signs and things that we're seeing. The first is the political realm. In verse six, it says wars and rumors of wars. And as we go through this, I just go ahead and think through what we've heard, what we're seeing, where we're at. Be honest with yourself. about what's happening in the world around us. The natural realm, verse seven, we'll see famines and earthquakes, it says pestilences. In the moral realm, the living in lawlessness, lawlessness will abound in the world and culture around us, and love will grow cold, not only for God, but for others, right? Hearts become hard. In the spiritual realm, false prophets will rise up, that's verse 24. And I found it interesting, um, I'm a Netflix documentary, I love documentaries, and if you've spent any time on Netflix and you've seen the amount of just cult documentaries, right? we can think that we're so far removed from this, the false prophets, people who are believing that they are the Christ and all these different things, but this is happening, right? and we don't wanna be the people who are burying our heads in the sand. So I think it's interesting if we just read through that list, we're like, okay, cool, yeah, I know what I see and I, I can see how scripture is clarifying what I'm supposed to look for. But then we get to verse 44 and it says, therefore you also be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So I'm confused, I know what to look for, but I have no idea what to expect. Anybody, right? The Enduring Word Bible Commentary explains it perfectly. It says this, one reason why prophecy or parables may seem vague or imprecise is because God wants every age to have reasons to be ready for Jesus' return. We should not think of Jesus' return as an event far off on a timeline. Though some prophetic interpretations are different, we are sure of this, he is coming again, and we must be ready. He is coming again, and we must be ready. And as we familiarize ourselves with the word of God, we will be ready, we will be found ready and equipped to walk through everything. The amazing thing is that the word tells us as we go through all of these things, the Lord will actually be glorified greater and more because of the darkness that is happening. When we are able to stand in the truth of the word and we walk out what he has said, he is glorified to a greater extent than ever before on the earth. What a time to be alive. So I'm not going to go in depth here, but I just wanna give you a little teaser. Matthew 25. Three main parables. So we've now seen the signs of what we're looking for. And he says, those who endure to the end shall be saved. These are some of the ways outlined for us that we endure to the end. First is that we get oil. That's Matthew 25 verses one through 13. Some had oil in their lamps and some did not. Dig into that, find out what does it mean to get oil. The Lord himself will fill you and will be the oil to sustain you. Second, be faithful. This is the parable of the talents. Be faithful with what he's given you, what he's entrusted you with. That's 25 verses 14 through 30. And 25, 31 through 46 tells us that a way to endure to the end is to serve the least of these. It says, as we serve them, we serve Christ himself. So I want to encourage you, as we've launched this coffee, what is it called? (laughs) Shine the Light. This coffee initiative is what I was going to call it. Big fail. As we've launched Shine the Light, that might be a way that you can serve the least of these. I know for me, driving around Castle Rock and even walking in this strip mall, We meet people who have great need. Maybe something so simple, we can bless them with a cup of coffee. We can sit with them and hear their story. As we've heard many times, maybe we're just Jesus with skin on because we loved them by spending time with them. It's so simple, but the Lord wants us to remember that that is a way to endure, not to be self-focused, not to be fearful and wrapped up in anxiety, but actually to be so full of oil and so faithful with what he's given us that we would love the people around us as we make our way to the end times, through the end times, I should say. So again, please go read these chapters and study these parables for yourself because there are so many amazing key factors that the Lord wants to give us. But I wanna sit for a little while in the end of chapter 24 I found myself as I was studying, I've been studying Matthew 24 for much of this year as we've been facing all of the things in the world that we are seeing swirl around us and just finding myself so hungry to know what the Lord has to say about it. How do I anchor myself? But as I was preparing for this message, I kept blazing through the end of this chapter and I'm going to read it to you. Starting in verse 45, it says, Who then is a faithful and wise servant? Who would like to be found faithful and wise? I know I would. Whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of. He will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's pretty intense. Um, And I found myself, like I said, just wanting to kind of run through that part. And I felt the Holy Spirit and the Lord just challenge me with this truth. In the parables, at the time... Even when Jesus was sharing these things live, many times they didn't understand. Jesus was never condemning them that they didn't understand. He would simply stop, bring himself to their level, and invite them to see things from his perspective, as I said earlier. And that's the beautiful thing here, is he's saying, I'm inviting you to see from my perspective, but at the end of the day, this is truth. I know when you need to be challenged. I know when you need to be reminded of the things to come, and this is a reality. It's a reality. We have to feel the weight of that. It's appropriate for us to understand that at the end times, when Jesus returns again, there will be those who know him and those who do not. And we have a role Praise the Lord. Why? Why Why would he invite us into that journey and into that responsibility with him? And again, please hear my heart. I don't say any of this to overwhelm you, but I think it is appropriate that we feel the weight of eternity, that we understand what's at stake here. So as I got there, somehow, I felt like verse 45 jumped off the page and slapped me in the face. And it doesn't make sense because it's so simple. It says, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Do you wanna know what word caught my attention here? Probably not the one you'll expect, food. Maybe you would expect, maybe you're a foodie, I don't know. Um, But here's why it caught my attention. Because this servant is given the honor and privilege to be the head of the household to serve food. So I went into the Greek and the Hebrew and started breaking out the different terms for food here. Some say meat, some so cattle, some was working in a field, working with crops and all of that. Some was the mill, oat, flour. But the thing that they all had in common was that this servant had to tend to them. So, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, that makes sense, tending to the food, being responsible, and then blessing the master. But no, the more that we dig into it, the master has actually set this servant over all of the other servants, the household, to make sure that they are fed and taken care of. This servant takes care of the fellow servants and has the responsibility to make sure that in due season at the appropriate time that they are fed those servants in this story if you believe in Jesus this is you and I and this food this tending to not only you're going to see how I'll tie it in tending to our hearts tending to our hearts but tending to one another and making sure that one another is tending to their heart right So I did what all great researchers do. I consulted Google. And I found a lesson from the Agriculture Literacy Foundation. Now, you may know all about crops, I'm not very familiar, so I had to do some second grade lessons in agriculture. And I'm just going to share with you what I found so that you can kind of go with me here. In the spring, the crops are planted. In the summer, We monitor crops for weed control, we fertilize, and we do pest management. What's bringing death? Let's kill it. In the fall, crops are harvested. In the winter, there's maintenance and repair, and review for greater yield in the coming year. But in the winter, it's easier to rest because you're not seeing anything come to the surface. So one of their greatest tasks is to make sure that the source of all that they're doing does not become frozen. Now, let's relate that spiritually. Are you planting? Are you monitoring weeds, pests, things that are bringing death to you? Are you tending to maintenance? Are you asking the Lord, what what would be greater in the coming year? What is the increase that you have set before me? Are we monitoring that our hearts, our spirits, our souls don't become frozen and hardened? Like it says, lawlessness will abound and love will grow cold. If, if, we don't tend to our hearts. And so as we're going to continue working our way through all of these parables in this series, I just want you to remember this. If you can write this down, if you can remember it, Every single thing and key that the Lord will give us to endure to the end hinges on the fact that we tend to our heart. Verses 40 and 41 says, then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and the other left. Simply, what does this mean? They're just working, they're tending to life as usual. They're doing the same thing, but they have a completely different outcome. Why? I would argue that it's because one was not tending to their heart. Their heart grew cold. Their eyes were not alert, they weren't aware. So ask yourself that simple question. Do you wanna be wide-eyed and ready for his coming? The one that is taken? The one who takes others and shares the goodness of Jesus? He is so kind and gracious that he would give us the ability to understand and to do those things just by finding the truth in these words, by living that out. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything that you do flows from it. We know that heaven and earth will pass away, but this passage says, my words, his words, will never pass away. These words are the things that we cling to no matter what we see swirling around us, no matter how difficult it gets. In Matthew 22, verse 25, it says, you are mistaken not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. God. Would we know the scriptures and would we know the power? And in this passage, it's actually the Pharisees trying to trap Jesus, wanting to basically just be like, okay, we're gonna trap you in your own words, your lack of understanding. Well, guess what? The tactics are the same. The enemy still wants us to be found in this place where we don't know the word and we don't believe the power. Would we be found wide-eyed and ready would we live as though today is the appropriate time in due season, the appropriate time for his return? Because we are people who are constantly tending to, tending to, tending to our hearts, the kingdom, the field, the work of God to our fellow servants. Would we know God in his word so that we are ready upon his coming? Pray with me this morning, Jesus. We thank you for your invitation to see things the way you see them, to gain heavenly understanding, to understand the roadmap that's ahead of us. You've given us an advantage because we walk from a place of victory and we navigate with you always by our side. You never leave us. And so Jesus, this morning we commit ourselves not to be scared, not to bury our heads in the sand, but to simply accept your invitation, open our eyes and tend to our hearts with the power of your Holy Spirit that we would be captivated by you and that your goodness would flow from us so that others would be captivated as well. God, I thank you for this church and for people who want to just press into your spirit. And so that's what we do, Lord. We press into truth, and we press into you, and we ask that you would continue to reveal and open our eyes to what you're doing, when you're doing, and how you're doing it. We love partnering with you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much in this room online for joining us this weekend. We love just studying the word with you and spending time experiencing the fullness of joy in his presence. Don't forget, grab a picture, simply open your camera, take a picture of that QR code on the doors, bathrooms, wherever, so that you have that when you need to give coffee to a neighbor, to a friend. Maybe someone's having a really bad day, maybe you're having a really bad day. Don't forget, we love you guys. Have an amazing weekend, we'll see you next weekend.